Chill out, what you yelling for? Lay back, it's all been done before. And if you could only let it be, you would see. I like you the way you are when we're driving in your car and you're talking to me one on one, but you become somebody else around everyone else. You're watching your back like you can't relax. You're trying to be cool. You look like a fool to me. Tell me why you have to go and make things so complicated. I see the way you're acting like somebody else gets me frustrated. Life's like this. You fall and you crawl and you break and you take what you get and you turn it into. Honestly, you promise me I'm never gonna find you fake it. No, no, no. Wow, wow, wow. Anyways, guys and girls and everyone else. How are you all guys doing? I mean, I hope you're all doing well because it's another uh, another month, uh, almost 30 days. Um, I think less than 30 days that I've been back. And it feels good as always. And I love doing this, but it's always the time that really doesn't really, you know, kind of uh, fit in. Um, yeah, you're listening to the Just a Nobody podcast with me, your, uh, your friend, you know. Well, class. So, um, so uh, right. So I have a few things to talk about, um, but and let's go straight to you know talking about it without really wasting any time. Uh, the first thing is the uh, the conflict or the war or the the killings and the the chaos that is happening in um, in in Ukraine, which is really so sad and it's so devastating and it's so damn uh unbelievable because uh, you know when every when there were reports of uh, you know I, I first and foremost i just want it to really end i hope it is gonna end very soon but you know i remember when these uh, it's almost been a month it's almost a month now and more like a few days uh, than a month that the invasion has occurred and there's been so many deaths and so many killings and um uh, so many, uh, you know, uh, so much of destruction in Ukraine that I just didn't want to waste any time. I want to jump straight into uh, it because there's nothing else that's on our mind right now. Uh, especially, you know, because when there were reports of the invasion that was uh, going on, uh, going, uh, you know, it was happening like a month back before the invasion, you know, that, hey, you know, uh, this guy, the aggressor in Russia is going to invade, uh, is going to is going to invade Ukraine. And because, you know, he's moving in troops at the borders uh, around the borders of Ukraine. I was like, nah, this is not going to happen. Like, hey, man, you know, uh, this uh, like I've been watching and I, I watch a lot of body language. I have I observe. I make a lot of observations. If I'm reading something, I just don't go and just believe what I'm reading. I just don't go and believe what what we are listening. You know, I think that's that's how it's supposed to be. You analyze. You look. You watch. You. you I, I'm a great observer. I love observing things um you know body language and things like that so when i saw this guy the aggressor that we are talking about whose name i don't really want to take on my podcast because it's stupid i hate uh you know uh, uh, let's call him an aggressor so uh when this aggressor was sitting on these long ass tables 
across, you know, different leaders. Like I believe uh, French Prime Minister Macron was uh, sitting across the table, you know, those long ass tables. And there were so many people talking with him, you know, about uh, these intentions and these reports about uh, he planning to invade. Um, I was I was like, nah, this is not happening. You know, it's not even happening point zero 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 one percent it's it's just smoke and mirrors you know this aggressor that we're talking about he's just trying to show his power you know it's all a power play he's not going to invade like hey man you know we live in the in 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 the space in a world which is driven by the digital if we are living the digital world everything is digital today so i was like it's not going to happen the body language uh, whatever I was looking at, it's not happening. You know, long ass tables. He's, this is just a power play. But I was just surprised that the invasion actually happened, and it's still going on. It's almost a month. It's not almost a month. It's more than a month now. And um, so uh, maybe I can say that yes, you know, I I can look through bullshit of people. You know, I can see through bullshit uh, of people, of human beings. But I can't see bullshit. Of, of serial killers, a cold-blooded murdered murderer like this, like this aggressor that we're talking about. He, uh, you know, this guy, uh, I believe he has multi, multiple personalities. It's just one man against the world. And that is the craziest thing ever because I'm sure, you know, he could be smiling one time and the body language or the uh, whatever you observe says something. And the other time, he's just a maniac. He goes on a, uh, he just goes uh, killing people, you know, blasting those missiles and those uh, uh, those uh, those rockets in the air straight into another country which kills innocent civilians which is the worst part of it you know you're not killing whoever your enemies are you know who are your enemies they're not they're not people they're not you they're not those kids so many of them died and that's what um, that's the craziest part uh, so like I always say you know maybe I can see through bullshit of people but I can't see bullshit of a maniac. And this guy, this aggressor, is a maniac, literally. Um, you know, even uh, while, you know, there was a lot of talk about, hey, you know, this invasion is happening, he's going to invade, and, you know, uh, reports say it's going to happen. Even the president of Ukraine, who I really admire, um, Zelensky, thought it's not going to happen. And it was like, uh, uh, you know... Uh, we live in a digital space, you know, there's no way it's going to happen. Uh, but it happened. And this guy, he, um, he bombed them. People are dying and there's no peace of mind. So many people are wounded. Um, and I just pray that it really stops. I know prayers and thoughts and prayers and all is not really enough, but I don't know how this is going to end. Um, he just surprised all of us, you know, um, but w one thing, of course, we've seen that social media is one of the most powerful weapons uh, during this war in Ukraine, um, you know, uh, and everybody like the uh, the guy, the uh, the president of Ukraine, uh, Zelensky, he's using social media so effectively that he's reaching out to citizens all over the world, politicians all around the world. Um, it's just surprising that, you know, uh, the aggressor who's who's not cheap who's, of course, killed several people, and that's really sad. But what he wanted to do is he wanted to take over Ukraine, which he's not successful yet because he's getting a lot of pushback. Um, uh, so uh, I don't know. Uh, 
I mean, I hope this really ends because it's really, it's, it's really crazy. It's, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a never ending, uh, thing. And the best, uh, one, one more thing. And I always talk about comedians. I always play a lot of comedy bits on my podcast. I've been doing it for long because I watch a lot of comedy. I admire comedians. And the best and the, the good part about all this is we've seen that uh, Zelensky, President Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, is a comedian. He was he was a comedian and an actor before um, before he entered into politics or before he became the president, which is commendable. And that's the, that's that's something that I really want to emphasize that I always say that comedians are not clowns, you know. They're very deep. If you listen, if you listen to their, uh, you know, I've been listening to watch a lot of comedy, and uh, I play of the, I play so many of them, like Dave Chappelle, and then George Carlin, and then there are there are some crazy bits, you know, by uh, by Eric. Uh, uh, there's another comedian, Eric, and other other comedians that I really play on my uh, uh, my uh, my podcast episodes. It's because comedians are not clowns, you know. They're very deep. They have, they look, they really think. They're philosophers, I would say. They, they analyze subject. They're very thoughtful. Uh, the only differences between, you know, the very intelligent people and comedians is uh, comedians have the art of making us laugh with what they, with the seriousness of the content, you know. That's what I always have been saying. And so good to know that uh, President Zelensky was a comedian and a very successful one before he, uh, you know, uh, he took on this, uh, he, he became a president. You know, politicians who are supposed to be uh, the servants of the people are the real clowns, I would say, you know. Uh, and uh, and uh, because uh, it's because of bad leadership. I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying all leaders of the world are, uh, are clowns, but, uh, but if these, uh, these leaders were smart enough and they use their power correctly, probably we would never really have poverty and, um, we would never have, uh, inequality around the world. You know, people dying, uh, hungry all over the world, which is crazy. Uh, and as we have seen, you know, uh, I mean, Ukraine, kids, everybody's dying and thoughts and prayers and uh, sanctions and verbal support is just not enough. It's just not helping, you know. Uh, it. I think the only way out is uh, keeping the the uh, line of communication with Russian people and uh, Russian authorities is so damn important, you know. Hats off to um, all those Russian people who are really coming out on the streets and protesting against the government because they can't do it. You know, you can't just like in other countries in democratic countries, you have the power to speak, you know, against your government or against uh, something that's not really happening. You, you can really talk about, you can express yourself. You can go and protest about a particular decision, but you can't do it in Russia. So I really admire, like, you know, uh, there was this recently... I don't know whether you uh, you really saw it. this lady, uh, this Russian TV news person walked up live in an evening news uh, newscast uh, in uh, in you know in the media 
with a sign that said, uh, of course, it was written in Russian, but the Russian sign, she lifted a sign right up, you know, uh, while uh, they were broadcasting live television that said, stop the war. Don't believe propaganda. They're lying to you. And she kept chanting, stop the war, no war. Stop the war, no war. Now, uh, this girl, I think her name was uh, this media journalist, her name, who did, who was so, who had the guts to go up, you know, with such a huge poster while um, this news anchor was presenting. Uh, her name was, uh, her name is Marina of Sanikova, um, if I pronounce it right. She even, uh, before she really came on stage, she even pre-recorded uh, a video message where she, you know, exposed the government and she says, uh, she exposed the government. She talked a lot because she knew what the outcome was, you know. Uh, so uh, I think uh, hats off to her for the guts to do that because it's frightening to even think about it. Uh, but she did it, you know. I mean, I, I, I mean, if you know what the outcome is, of course, every protest out there is going to get 15 years. But if you do something like this, I don't know whether you're really going to even live, you know. Uh, so... Um, Hats off to the bravery, uh, but the last I heard about her, she's gone missing, and uh, which is really sad. Hope they find her because, um, and you know, all she just moves out of the country, and I believe she's not, she's refused to even uh, leave the country. That's what I heard, but I have no idea about her. But that was guts, you know. If Rus Russian people, there's so many of them who really are against this war and can't do anything about it, but they're coming out on the streets. And uh, in spite of knowing that they could just go 15 years, they could just be jailed for 15 years, which is unbelievable, like, you know, uh, to really do that. So I hope this war ends and doesn't really spread uh, like uh, the coronavirus. We just came out. I mean, hopefully, you know, we are almost, it's the end of the pandemic, although no one is saying that it's the end of the pandemic, but hopefully it is. Uh after two years, nearly March, I think March 15th, around mid of March. Uh, can't believe how time flies, yeah. It's so fast. But yeah, and so, um, uh, hope we just get, hope the Ukrainians just get a peace of mind and everything ends. Uh, but there are many lessons learned from this invasion. You know, I just wanted to jump. I know I didn't really ask you guys how you're doing. I hope you're doing well, you know. So important to ask you how you're really doing because... We are talking about people who are really not doing well right now in Ukraine and not uh, well in the sense that, you know, that uh, they kind of, they're tensed or, you know, there's a lot of anxiety, you know, which we all suffer from a lot of, uh, uh, you know, physically, mentally, we have those kind of uh, emotions that gather. But this kind, these kind of emotions that the Ukrainians are really going through right now is very different. It's traumatic. So uh, I don't know how they're really getting through this so many refugees have left the country to rest parts of the world and ukraine was so beautiful because i actually watched a few episodes uh of this uh series uh in which president Zelensky, who is a comedian actor before he became a president he he, he was doing this, these shows and this is on netflix if you want you can go and check it out i've watched a few episodes um it's you know, if it was in English, I would, uh, if it was in English or if it, if it was in Hindi, you know, or if it was in Marathi or if it was in Konkani, these are the four languages that I speak and understand, you know, I would really sit and watch 
the entire series like in one go without a break because it's really good. Ukraine looks so beautiful, you know. And now looking at that Ukraine and looking at Ukraine today, uh, because uh, and Zelensky's acting and he's a great actor, he's a great comedian, you know. You get to see Zelensky before becoming a president in those in that series, A Servant of the People. And uh, uh, today is Zelensky. So um, I've just watched a few episodes. I think I've, I've watched four. Uh, I can't, uh, I have a big, I have, I have problems watching uh, a series that where I have to read subtitles. I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, you know, it's like, it's so difficult. I just can't do it. I can't read subtitles when I'm watching a movie. It's really difficult for me. I don't know how people do it. Like, I can't, I can't, you know, I have to understand the language to watch anything uh, because I want to listen to it and uh, watch it, but I don't want to read those uh, subtitles. I can't do it. You know, it's too fast. It's just too fast. I just can't take it. So if it was in a language that I understood and spoke, probably, you know, I would have finished the series. Uh, but it's just taking me time to get there with, uh, the servant of the people. But if you, if you are good, if you're good with reading subtitles or if you understand uh, Ukrainian, I think, uh, it's a great, uh, it's a great series. I would really watch it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, coming to the, uh, the, the invasion, um, you know, um, it's so sad the, the way Ukraine was so beautiful and now it's completely destroyed. Hope they get back. You know, they construct, they, they make everything uh, new as ever. And uh, so a few things that, you know, I really learned from this, like uh, um, one is, you know, as we were talking about President Zelensky, like he could, um, I think they gave him an opportunity to uh, leave the country, but he didn't do it. So he's pretty, he's it's pretty brave, you know, to do that. It's a brave thing to do that because if someone else was in his place, he would have taken his family and just fleed uh, the uh, the place. Uh, another thing that comes out from this is you can't trust anything that a serial killer or a maniac or a mass murderer says. You know, uh, like I was saying, looking at the body language of of the uh, the aggressor, you know, we are talking about. He was sitting on those long ass tables and he was, uh, he was so laid back and he was so calm. Uh, and, uh, like it was just not happening. I thought it was all a power play. Completely surprised. So all I'm saying is, you know, you can't look at, you know, body language, uh, behavior and, uh, observational, uh, kind of, uh, look or watching what a person says it's something that is applicable only to human beings, you know, to people. You can use those skills to really, uh, uh, to really uh, kind of not judge, but uh, know what, how a person would react, but not with a maniac. No, it doesn't work with a maniac, an aggressor like uh, we've seen, you know. Um, another thing that comes out from this invasion is social media is the most powerful weapon of wartime. You know, it is. We've, we've seen that social media has exposed the aggressor completely. Uh, he's really, uh, you know, he's gone out of his way to really uh, bombard uh, a country like Ukraine that is not that has not attacked them in the first place. You know, you defend yourself, right? And that's why you attack someone. But these guys, 
the Russian aggressor, he, he attacked Ukraine for no fault of theirs. I mean, they didn't do anything. Like, why are you bombarding them? Like, out of the blues. So, and yeah, so social media has really uh, shown that to us, uh, has exposed, you know, we've seen so many clippings. We've seen, the world is seeing what's happening in Ukraine live as it happens. Uh, one more thing that I've learned from this invasion is that global leadership is filled with uh, men, you know, and I'm nothing against them. It's great. We have male leadership, but I think this and uh, most of them are senior. They've been there for 30 to 40 years uh, of, you know, being in that position for so long and they're jaded, you know, they're really jaded. So global leadership has to change. And I've been saying this off and often, you know, I've been saying this for so long that global leadership needs women in power. And that's how things will change for sure. Global leadership needs young leaders. You know, you can't have leaders sitting in those positions doing the same job for 30 to 40 years, for three to four decades. Like, hey, you know, you need to move, get out. You know, and maybe this is possible in a, in a democracy. You know, we can we can put a rule saying that, hey, you know, if you're uh, the minimum age is so and so to join this and a maximum age is this for you to be in that position. You can say that in a democracy, but it's going to be very difficult to implement that in autocratic regimes for sure. But all I want to say is that what we learn from this is global leadership needs women in power, at least 50 percent, because I think. We would never have was if women were there and young leaders, you know, who don't have that baggage and they're not j j jaded, you know, about uh, take, making those important decisions. They're not, they don't have baggage, one, 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 one important thing. And they'll come out with fresh ideas, you know, we're burying all that. Um, uh, one more thing I can say is that, of course, we have dictators, but the age of the internet and social media will overthrow dictatorship. That's what I've seen. Because right now, as we see this Russian aggressor attacking Ukraine, and he's not succeeding, of course, he's, he's, uh, there's, there's a lot of deaths in Ukraine, which is really sad. It's not that he's not succeeding. He is succeeding by creating emotional trauma. But he's not succeeding in his plan to take over the country. He's not taken over Ukraine yet. So, um, and then other dictators in the rest part of the world are watching this happen, you know? They're watching it unfold. That's such a powerful aggressor, you know, who people really feared for so long, is unable to really achieve his mission of taking over a country. But of course, he's been successful in emotionally damaging the world, you know, by killing innocent civilians. But other dictators are watching it and they'll be a little afraid now, you know, hey, you know, it's the, it's the internet world, it's the social media world, it's the digital world that we live in. It's not possible to really go and take because it's not just one dictator against the world. There are many dictators out there, you know. Um, so, uh, so, uh, so it's pissing off all the other dictators who are watching it. And one more thing that we learned from this invasion is that you don't need political experience, you know, to become a leader. Look at Zelensky, a comedian, a great comedian. I watched uh, I watched The Servant of the People, which is in, on Netflix. Uh, and um, 
All you need is emotional intelligence. I always say this emotional intelligence uh, is the most important thing that you need. And I think most comedians have it because the way they express themselves on in front of the mic, in front of an audience is because they have emotional intelligence and they're funny. So another another thing that's invasion thought is that leaders, if you're leading a country, you don't need any political experience. All you need to be is emotionally emotion. You should need to have emotional intelligence. Um, and then another thing the invasion has thought is that you never really underestimate the power of the people. Don't fuck with people, you know. Don't underestimate the power of the people when there are a number of regimes that have been overthrown or have been uh, have been overthrown because people have got together, you know. So never underestimate the power of the people um, uh, because if we look at it, uh, that when when world leaders, they act together, when people come together, they have destroyed the aggressor, uh, and the and the nation that he leads financially, he's been isolated economically, financially, morally by cutting all of his assets. You know, if we want, we can uh, do the same thing uh, to stabilize all other nations like Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, Palestine. But those, uh, there was no willpower to do the same. Like, you know, of course, we have not, um, all the nations have not gone into war against the aggressor. But they have uh, isolated the aggressor financially, economically, morally. Um, and uh, I think the same thing should have also been done um, to stabilize Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, Palestine, which was which we didn't see because... Uh, there is immense human cost and human suffering even in these countries, you know. But no one really did anything to really isolate the aggressors of these countries. Uh, so there's no, uh, because there's not, there's no good invader and there's no go, no bad invader. All invaders are butchers. Why they're butchers? Because all invaders, they invade another country and invasions cause death of innocent civilians who've been killed for no fault of their own, you know? So there's nothing like a good invader or a bad invader. All invasions are bad. All invaders are butchers. Uh, so that's another thing that, you know, maybe uh, this has really taught us. Uh, and then uh, one, one crazy thing is while all this is happening, you know, you remember... Uh, you remember these celebrities uh, who kind of recorded this imagine all the people when pan the pandemic hit and, you know, people were all upset and they couldn't, they didn't know what to do about it. Remember the song? Let me just play it. So this is, uh, this is a, this is a tone deaf song, uh, which was recorded about two years back when the pandemic hit. Maybe it was sometime in March or April or something, I believe. Mm, yeah, I think it was in the month of March of I think March or April 2020 uh, when the pandemic hit and people were going crazy because we were not allowed to get out of the house wash your hands wear a mask there was no uh, there was no vaccine at that time all going crazy and then uh, these celebrities you know uh, Hollywood celebrities uh, or maybe global celebrities I have no idea Hollywood in the world 
actors, basically actors. They came out, they sang a song, you know, imagine all the people. I just played a little and then I want to take you from there to what I'm trying to get to, you know. So this was a song that was sung. Imagine all the people living for today. Yeah. Imagine there is no countries yet. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. Okay, that's 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 the only thing that I'm gonna play because it's really crazy. And stupid yeah so that was a song that was sung uh, imagine all the people like as of these celebrities you know they were they were trying to make everything okay but it was not okay and uh, uh, it was tone deaf they never really get it so uh, while this uh, this was of course the pandemic response to a pandemic by celebrities now in response to the uh, the the, uh, the chaos in Ukraine you know this war-like situation, the destruction of Ukraine. Uh, these, there was this one celebrity whose name I can't pronounce, really. Uh, she comes up with, uh, with a poetry, like a poem. And um, so she reads out, uh, she reads out a poem uh, for Mr. Vladimir Putin, which is so, again, tone deaf it's so cut off from reality i don't know what's up with these celebrities some of them i'm not saying all of them but hey man so she writes a poem and the poem says uh it's it's called uh if i was your mother and she's writing this to mr vladimir putin so i just play this and we talk about it uh, after we are back okay so here it is i i can't say her name but you can always google if i was your mother uh, who said it, and you know, you'll get her. So, here it is uh, the poetry. Hey, man, yeah. Dear President Vladimir Putin, I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. If I was your mother, you would have been so loved, held in the arms of joyous light. Never would the story's plight, the world unfurled before our eyes, a pure demise of nations sitting peaceful under a night sky. If I was your mother, the world would have been warm, so much laughter and joy, and nothing would harm. I can't imagine the stain, the soul-stealing pain that the little boy you must have seen and believed, and the formulation of thought quickly taught that you lived in a cruel, unjust world. Is this why you now decide no one will get the best of you? Is this why you do not hide nor away shy from taking back the world? It was it because so early in life, all that strife wrapped your little body with fear. If I was your mother, if the world was cold, I'd have died to make you warm. I have died to protect you from the unjust, the violence, the terror, the uncertainty. I would have died to give you life. Oh, dear Mr. President Putin, if only I'd been your mother. Perhaps the torture of unwrit youth would not within your heart imbue ascription to such fealty against that world that you thought was so cruel. 
Perhaps you would hold dear human life, and on this night, instead of Mother Russia, you would call me, and I would set your mind quite free with the love that only a mother can give and only a mother can take away. When holds, she doesn't the harm at bay and leaves her boy for the promise of a man. Whatever your story, Mr. President Putin, I can't imagine how it feels in your heart, but I know if I was your mother, that would be a start towards the awareness of what a powerful being of light you could be if your mind was only free from the violence you've seen when you were just two or three. I cannot believe I was born too late in a different place when I would have loved you so. Watched you play wherever you go. <laughs> what the hell, man? What the hell, man? What the hell was that, man? What, man? I tell you, you know, I'm not saying all celebrities. I mean, celebrities, Hollywood, Bollywood, actors, they do a great job of entertaining us. Like, uh, hands down, you know. I, I'm always looking into Netflix or watching movies or I love doing that, you know. But hey, man, this was tone deaf. You know, a poetry to Mr. Vladimir Putin saying, she's saying that if, if she was his mother, things would be different. Like, this celebrity took the time to write a whole ass poetry while blaming Mr. Vladimir Putin's mother for what he has become. You know, you don't blame anyone, you blame his mother. Like, what? I would just, uh, like, if I was, if now, if I was writing that poetry, if I was writing that poem, you know, I would say, Mr. Vladimir Putin, if I was your mother, that's I, okay? If I was your mother, I would look through my crystal ball and travel 60 to 65 years ahead in time using that crystal ball. And if I see you, my son, bombing Ukraine in that time machine in my crystal ball, I would buy a wooden cane from the neighborhood annual fair and back you, my son, once in a day with it until, the, until I again log into my crystal ball and tell and ask my crystal ball whether you are still going to bomb, you're going to still kill innocent people uh, in Ukraine 60 to 65 years ahead in time, looking ahead in time in my time machine. That way, if I was your mother, the cane shots would prevent my son from invading Ukraine. If I was your mother, I would make you, I would teach you to be a nobody. Okay? <laughs> what the fuck is up with these celebrities? Hey, man. A long ass poetry. Poem for an aggressor, for an invader. Hey, man. A whole ass poetry to blame someone's mother for his actions. I don't know. All I know is that uh, 
Uh, all I know is that Ukraine and the people of Ukraine have already won, have already won this, uh, this war, this conflict, this chaos. They've already won, you know. Uh, uh, but the only sad part is uh, there's a lot of destruction. They've already, uh, the entire country has been destroyed. The people uh, have been killed. Children have been killed. There's so much of uh, ref people who had flee the areas, which is so sad. You know, once a beaming, a very civil, a very uh, a democratic country is just destroyed by sheer jealousy and ego. Uh, but uh, we should never forget that the situation in Afghanistan, Iraq, Palestine, Palestine and Syria is the same as what happened in Ukraine. It's uh, uh, what is happening in Ukraine right now because it's not over yet and I hope it gets over very soon. Uh, all these nations were bombed for no fault of their own and all these invasions, you know, they ultimately kill innocent people, which is sad. Um, so, um, so the situation is the same, you know, uh, the only thing is that the response is, has been different. Um, so, um, we have to be consistent. All I'm saying is global leaders need to be consistent with the foreign policy, no matter which country we are talking about, whether we're talking about Ukraine, whether we're talking about Afghanistan, whether we're talking about Iraq, whether we're talking about Palestine, whether we're talking about Syria, no matter who those people are, the color of their skin, the religion they follow, their race, um, there should be no double standards, you know, for people suffering a war-like situation, a conflict, for being destroyed. For, and because of that, there's a hunger, there's hunger, there's, inequ there's inequality, there's refugees, uh, you know, a creation of refugees uh, because of that. So no matter uh, what which country has been invaded, who, who are the people who have been destroyed, it should be treated the same way. Like, you know, one last thing about all this is that people, civilians who have become victims of war need to be, need to be compensated in the sense they need to be paid for these damages of the war. Now, you, an invader has gone in, he's destroyed it, destroyed the buildings, killed people, uh, of course, money can't buy happiness, but how are they going to, if the, when this war ends, which is going to happen, you know, it's going to happen, it's going to end in Ukraine, but how are they going to rebuild again? Because they have to rebuild. Um, so uh, the only way to do it is reparations. They must be compensated, they must be compensated financially by the invader for harm that has occurred in them. And this includes, this includes victims of Iran, Afghanistan, Syria, and other nations as well. So all these invaders of these countries also uh, need, to, uh, need to pay reparations to victims of these nations. All the people need to be compensated for the lives lost, for property that, that they have lost, for property they've lost, lives they've lost, all through reparations, monetary financially. It's not over. The war is over and everything's okay and then you rebuild. No, it has to be uh, the, you know, uh, like we say, the antidote to this is reparations. Like there is a demand, there is a, there is a demand of slavery reparations. We had slavery for God's sake and slavery was legal. You know, it was legally done, openly done. Can you beat it? 
Okay, man. Slavery. Also, there should be reparations. Anything that, uh, anything that takes away the rights of people, kills them, kills them, takes away their property, makes them suffer. It has to be repaid in reparations, which must be institutions that have legally allowed slavery must issue reparation payments to slave own, uh, slaves, to slaves, descendants of slaves, maybe in the form of money, education, housing, business ownership, many things that can be done. Slavery stripped people of wages, owning property, their civil rights of freedom was taken away from them and all that was legally done. And then there was the colonial era. So we had slavery, there's war, there's damage, there's, you know, people are dying. And then we had the colonial era where nations walked through straight into another country because they wanted to rob them from their resources. Rob them, you know, like uh, you had the British colonials, you know, they came into India, for example. This is one of the, of course, they went to many other countries, but they came into India because they wanted to take away their spices. They wanted to, uh, you know, they just went into uh, uh, there. They took all the uh, ratchet. They went into Africa. They took the resources, the natural resources of this country. Of that country. So uh, sure, people there were enslaved. Uh, they were not enslaved as such, but uh, their land was stolen. You know, when during the colonial era, their land was stolen, their goods were stolen, their natural resources were taken away, wealth extraction, uh, you know, all the raw materials of the land uh, were taken away from the countries or colonized. So colonizers who colonize countries, they use these countries as cash cows, basically. So, uh, so, uh, so the bottom line of all this is war victims and civilians of war, uh, civilians who have been, who have been, who became victims of war, people enslaved slavery and people colonized during the colonial era. All these three, uh, people who have suffered these three, uh, catastrophes must receive reparations must receive reparations. The antidote to this is reparations. Violence, violence and racism was a product of colonizations. You know, reparations must be a tool for people to repay for the wrongs they did. The principle of owning reparations, acknowledge it, make a policy principle, see how much you're going to repay them. Uh, you know, there's this, there's, this, there's this joke that goes around um, the place that says that the only reason why the pyramids in Egypt still exist in Egypt is because they were so huge, they're so big, they're so heavy that colonizers couldn't steal it and put it in their museums. You know, that's the only reason that, um, that's the only reason that pyramids are in Egypt because colonizers couldn't, uh, couldn't kind of, uh, they were too huge for them to carry and put it in the museums. Right? So that's the antidote and that can be done. You know, you got to repay the people who you made suffer. You got to, you got to pay, you got to pay them back. Uh, but uh, whatever it is, I don't know what the end of this war uh, is going to be like, but definitely uh, I would uh, like very quickly, 
uh, I think we need to have a non-political figure uh, to really uh, make these negotiations. And I can see Pope Francis as a very powerful figure uh, right now, as the only figure right now, because uh, he believes in human rights and he's a leader around the world who's respected. Uh, people like him, they trust him. And maybe he could visit Moscow. I've been saying this for a long time. Maybe that's one way to go about it. Um, and... Um, Everyone's talking about history repeating itself. I just want to say that history is not actually repeating itself. Not at all. It's not repeating itself. We stay in, we live in a different world altogether. And yeah, our uh, silence, but one thing that is repeating itself is our silence of years of, uh, you know, uh, civilians getting killed in Iraq, Afghanistan, Palestine, and Syria. Our silence over that is repeating itself in Ukraine. That's all that I can say because history cannot repeat itself because we live in a globalized world today. You know, it's different from the 1920s and 40s when those wars happened. It's very different. We live in a globalized world. We're so dependent on each other. And all those people saying that, you know, it's the end of globalization. It's never going to end. We are going to be dependent on each other forever. You know, you can't produce everything in one country and then live on that. It's not going to happen. Uh, we live in a different world. If you, if you, if you want to produce everything in your own country and live by it, you're going to go back to the 1920s and 40s because the world is different today. Globalization is here to stay. You know, so uh, we, uh, it's not repeating itself. The only thing is repeating itself is this, our silence. Also, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's funny. Uh, it's, it's funny that when people say that, hey, you know, uh, uh, history is repeating itself. It's not. It's really not. Uh so that's that's all that I wanted to talk about about this wine. I feel so horrible that you know it's still going on. It's almost a month now. Uh, it's almost a month, and I don't know when it's really gonna uh, be the end of it, because um, it's really sad. It's really sad with what's happening. Anyway. Um, uh, so uh, since we talked about this celebrity thing, uh, it's the Oscars tonight. I'm recording this. Right, I think Oscars Oscars is going to begin in another few minutes from now. But all I want to say is that uh, I, I just there's this there's this rumor mill that is happening, wherein I believe the Academy is going to have or the hosts of the Oscars this year are planning to have President Zelensky uh, to speak uh, at the Oscars, which I find so uh, I find it so uh, naive because President Zelensky is currently fighting a war. He's too busy there, you know? I think he needs to focus on the war. Like, getting him to speak, to decorate your uh, the Oscars, you know, the award ceremony uh, that, uh, that celebrates actors who play heroes. Like, hey, man, this guy's a real wartime hero and let him do his job there. So I hope it's not happening. By the time this podcast episode's gonna be out, probably we'll already know before that. Uh, but all I'm saying is, hey, man, uh, celebrities, you know, a few of you out there, just relax, you know, just relax for, for a bit. Let's relax for a bit. <laughs> Imagine all the people living on this earth. You, what the hell? Anyways, so finally it's almost the spring and that's something that is really exciting. I'm going to see the cherry blossoms uh, probably next weekend. 
I love spring because, uh, you know, you're not, I, I, people love fall. I don't know why, because I mean, of course I, I don't need to know why you, you're free to love fall. <laughs> you're free to love winter. You're free to love summer. <laughs> but I, 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 you host more class. So I love spring. Why I love spring is because it's a perfect, you know, mix of, uh, cold breeze and sunshine. I love that. Uh, I don't like summer that much because it's too hot and humid. I don't like winter at all. Uh, I don't like fall because uh, it's cold mostly and it reminds you of uh, that winter's coming and I don't like that feeling. Uh, I like spring because it gives you the feeling that summer's coming and it's nice and cool and, uh, you know, cool and there's a lot of sunshine. Uh, so uh, spring is here and so good. I remember, you know, when spring... Um, uh, when they were predicting spring, they used uh, some some kind of uh, uh, there was this whole uh, thing of this groundhog hog, groundhog day, which is a groundhog. Uh, they just I saw somewhere that they treated a rodent, which a groundhog is basically a rodent. Like they lifted a rodent up there to predict the uh, to predict the arrival of spring, which is going to be like in the next six weeks and stuff like that. When I saw that happening, I was like, Hey man, put that groundhog on the flow on the ground and let that guy go you know you're gonna make a rodent a weatherman a weather woman or whatever the sex of the rodent is come on like we have einstein you know einstein the guy who gave us e is equal to mc squared and discovered so many problem solving tools out of this world in innovate predictions Instead of using the tools as given, we are lifting a groundhog, a rodent up in the air to predict the weather, to predict spring's arrival. When did this groundhog uh, become uh, uh, the weather people? Crazy. And since we're talking about the weather, I'm really upset that February has 28 days. I'm really upset about it. I don't like that uh, because, you know, I really wish that... Uh, Earth followed Pluto's uh, Pluto's path, the uh, the planet Pluto's path, which which is like two hundred and forty eight years for it to come. It takes two hundred and forty eight Earth years to complete one year, to complete one revolution around the uh, one revolution around the sun. That's equal to one year, and we finish like in three sixty five days. One year is equal to 365 days. But on the Pluto's path, which is oval and nice and long, Pluto takes 248 years to complete one revolution around the sun. And that's after 248 years, you have one birthday. You're in 365 days, zoop, and the Earth is all around the sun and one year is over. Like, what the fuck? Time flies here on Earth. So all I'm going to say is, hey, you you already cutting two days in February. Make that 30 days. Hey, man, planet Earth, please, like, you know, change for a bit. Follow, uh, follow, follow planet Pluto's path for a bit, you know, for a few years. Give us longer years, you know. I want a year to be long. I want to experience everything. But hey, man, this time flies. We're already in March 2022. And I'm still stuck in 2020, 2018, I believe now, you know. I've not passed 2018 onwards. Like, hey, you know, planet Earth, please, follow a longer path. Like, how about you just 
kind of change your path, make it longer, make it more oval and take longer time to really revolve around the sun. It'd be so much fun. So, so that, you know, we'll have, and Hey man, these people, these human beings who cut off two days in the month of February, just put it back in 48 hours less than a year already. And then you have daylight savings where you're springing forward by an hour and then you're uh, falling back by an hour. What the fuck? Let's cut this off. Cut this tradition. You don't need all these daylight savings. And then if you're in one country, the entire country should follow one time zone. That's it. You follow the Eastern time zone. You follow the Pacific time zone. You follow the, uh, the central, the mountain time. Follow one time zone, one country. Don't have different time zones, one country, in one country. So three things, okay? Since we're talking about the weather, I love spring. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I'm gonna, like, I really cherish this time of the year. But three things. One is, the month of February, two days, cut short. Why is it cut short? I don't understand. Put it back. Okay. Second, daylight savings. Spring forward, fall back. Rubbish. Stop it. Third, one country, one time zone. Can't have four, four, five time zones in one country. So change that. Just have it. Just have the Eastern time for the entire country, or the Central time for one country. But don't have different time zones in different in the in one country. It's very confusing. So that's all that I want to say. That's all that I want to say in this uh, in this matter. What say? And this, uh, you know, since we're talking about uh, since we're talking about all this, you know, uh, the invasion and th some stuff like that. Um, everybody's talking about the shitty oil and gas. You know, oil and gas is rising, which is which is which is true. You know, uh, the world is very dependent on uh, gas today. You know, you need petrol, you need your diesel, you need your gas. Um, to get to places because we have uh, we have created uh, we have created an infrastructure which is so dependent on driving to your destination, which is so sad and so so because and now because of uh, because of this uh, ban or the uh, ban on importing Russian oil, uh, the supply has gone low and the demand is more. And because of that, oil prices rise as usual. So the same people, you know, who, who talk about climate change, who says uh, the same people in authority who talk about climate change and reducing carbon footprint, tell people that, you know, you need to, you need to, uh, these are the same people who tell people that you need to reduce your carbon footprint. They tell countries who are not, who are trying to become industrialized and trying to, you know, gain a momentum, become independent. They're telling those nations to really, uh, reduce the carbon emissions they go around uh, these same people who do this who tell who tell the public to reduce the carbon emissions they go around asking for production of oil and gas now you know see when there's a catastrophe now they the same people who, who pledged climate change and you know to uh, end climate change and to end global warming are now saying produce more oil and gas how does climate change and production of oil and gas go hand in hand it doesn't they're supposed to be adversaries of each other. They need to hate each other. So 
if you're saying that, you know, we need to produce more oil and gas, and at the same time you're saying, hey, climate change is real, you're a hypocrite. Because fossil fuels such as coal, oil, natural gas are sources of 80% of the world's energy consumption. Burning this them amounts to 89% of human um, derived carbon dioxide emissions. That's the fact. So um, the number one contri contributor of global uh, global warming is oil and gas. So, you know, you, you can't say drill more oil and gas and also support climate and also uh, work towards ending climate change and uh, ending global warming and say that climate change is real. It just doesn't match. It doesn't it doesn't gel well. You know, it's just, it's just hypocrisy. You can be a supporter of one, you can be a supporter of both. The only thing I can say is that, you know, you can, of course, prevent drilling of more oil and gas is by, and reduce club, uh, global warming is by improving public transportation. I believe in the power of public transportation. Today, a family of four has two car, cars. Why? You're burning so much of gas. And I don't blame that family. I blame the leadership who has not made public transportation safe, fast, easily available, quick. I blame them. If that was taken care of, public transit was fast, quick, cheap, affordable, efficient. Efficient is the word. Clean. Smart, safe, probably we would not just be we would not be dependent on public we would not be dependent on driving cars of having a family of four having two cars. Maybe that would never be the case. I am a public transit person. I use it a lot uh, because probably because I stay in a city and even in the cities, it's not really that good, you know. So imagine what it must be in the rural and uh, you know in the other places. I can't imagine. It must be worse. Uh, but I would say as a public uh, transit user, it still needs improvement. You know, uh, uh, it has to be comfortable. It has to be safe. It has to be quick uh, to travel uh, using public. The frequency of these trains and buses that we have has to improve. And over the weekends, you know, you don't really have any public transit. Everything is cut off from you entirely. Like you have a train in 25 minutes and 30 minutes. You know, you have a bus in an hour, the frequency, which is so bad. Uh, so, um, so as a public transit person, user, you know, and a person who's in the city who's, who can use these trains, and I'm sure rural areas, they don't have it. So I don't blame people for having cars and driving around. It's not people. It's the leaders who have made it very difficult by not improving public transportation. Had that been done, maybe we would never have that problem. Um, so I can demand that better public transit encourages and motivates people to ride it as the fastest, the quickest, cheapest, and the safest mode of transport. Also, overall, there are many benefits of public transit. Like, for instance, you know, it being cheaper, it reduces our pollution level. It's being, it's fuel efficient. It reduces traffic congestion. You're saving money. It frees up time because you are not driving uh, you know, you could do you could do a lot of other things while uh, you know you're using the transport services. It's safer because operators are trained; they follow rules and are not rash or reckless drivers. You know, it's healthier because you have to walk through a stop 
or you have to walk to a train station. And believe me, you know, uh, if you really have a good public transit system, effective, safe, efficient, good frequency, clean, you know, it can really help reduce poverty, inequality, and unemployment because it creates a lot of jobs. So hopefully, you know, I'm just saying, you know, this is something that we could really do. Uh, uh, some tips that I could really think of very quickly. Uh, but uh, 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 the ultimate thing is, all I want to say is, uh, don't sing Imagine All the People and don't write a poetry for an invader because that's not going to solve the problem. Another thing I want to say is that if you're supporting climate, if you if you know that climate change is real, you can't tell, you can't demand for the production of more oil and gas because that's hypocrisy. Another thing I want to also say is that we need more women leaders, we need more young leaders to take on this world as leaders. And things will, you know, definitely change. That's all that I want to say. And actually... <laughs> And actually, that's the oh, that's all that I wanted to talk about uh, during this episode, which is so good. You know, I finally had it out. I'll probably uh, post this. I'll post it tomorrow, and uh, I think uh, the Oscars must have started by now. I'm just praying and keeping my fingers crossed that they don't have President Zelensky make a video presentation at the Oscars because it's the worst thing ever to do. That guy is fighting a war and you want, you want him to decorate your celebrity event. Hey, man, don't mix the two, you know? Read the room. Okay, that's all that I had for this week. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I, I'm, I'm kind of, actually, I'm kind of keeping track. Sometimes I do, you know, log in and see, hey, keeping track of people really listening. I come out with an episode once in a month and I, I really, I really like it that you guys are listening to this podcast episode, to this podcast. I really appreciate it because, hey man, if you ask me to listen to a podcast, it's like, all right, yeah, I'll listen. You know, you have to be really good and interesting. You know, to really listen to somebody. That's how I press my play button. Others, I'm not going to listen. No way. No way. No no one can really force me to listen to podcasts that I don't enjoy. You have to be interesting to really uh, listen to somebody. So for all those people who really hit that play button, hey, man, thanks a lot. You know, it's, it's a big deal for me because, uh, hey, I'm just a nobody, you know. And you're listening to this nobody. Thank you so much. Uh, right. So uh, if you want to write to me, uh, you can write to me at just a nobody a podcast at gmail.com. That's my email address. Nobody writes any emails. Nobody writes emails. And if I have to change something about emails, is we need to have a character limit or a word limit. Let's say word limit. Character limit is more specific to Twitter or social media. Let's have a word limit on uh, email for emails because people write lengthy emails as if they're writing letters. We need to have that. Uh, or you can, of course, you can DM me uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'll check it out. Uh, and my handle is at uh, M-E-A-R-L-C-O-L-A-C-O. That's my Twitter handle. You can write to. Uh, before we go, I want to play the song. Uh, since we talk so much about the war, I really want this to end. I hope it really ends. Uh, hope, you know, uh, the right decisions are made and this really comes to an end. But I want to play the song uh, by Michael Jackson because it's the wipe check. You know, it's currently, uh, it, it, it fits this moment of time. So here it is, Michael Jackson. Uh, what have we done to the world? Look what we've done. 
what about all the peace that you pledged your only son? Did you ever stop to notice all the children dead from war? Did you ever stop to notice this crying earth as we make sure? That was so brilliant. That was without the background music. Anyways, thank you so much, guys, for listening. I really appreciate it. I love you guys so much for doing this, uh, for listening to me, uh, to listening to this podcast. Forget listening to me. It's listening to this podcast. It's just a nobody podcast, uh, which is, really means a lot to me. Anyways, until next time, baby. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs>